Hello and welcome to Life Beyond the Numbers, the podcast for people who are curious about how to have a more fulfilling work life. We live in a world largely driven by numbers, logic and reason. But how we feel at work and about our work impacts us, our organisations and society. There is a relationship between the numbers of our organisations and the life beyond the numbers. I'm Susan Michrielon, your host. I've lived and worked in many countries. I've met people who love what they do and people who don't. People who bring their full selves to work and people who won't. But one thing that I've learned that is common to us all is that we are all unique and have unique experiences. And it's helpful to know that there are others who think like we do, or have had struggles too, or have gone where we want to go, or can show us things we didn't know. So join me and my guests as we place a lens on the human side of work life by sharing insights, stories and strategies to inspire you to let your uniqueness shine. Today, I am delighted to welcome Caitlin Cockerton to Life Beyond the Numbers. Caitlin, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited too. And you are living in, I would almost consider my old stomping ground. Where in the world are you, Caitlin? So I live in a tiny little hamlet. I think there's probably about 40 houses or something less than that, maybe where I am and it sits at the foot of a big rock called Elephant Rock and we're about 20 minutes outside of Morzine which is in the Port de Soleil ski area in the French Alps but I'm in sort of a more yeah proper French residential kind of area than than the ski resort exactly. Uh, And so parlez-vous français then? Oui un peu (laughs) (laughs) but it must be hard not to living there is it well sadly kind of not I mean it is it's bizarre I I wish I had much more French immersion than I do unfortunately all my client work is in English so my work is still predominantly in English and the Alps just draws a a big expat community right there are people from all over the world a lot of english-speaking people and now increasingly like more european audience we've got belgian neighbors and people from the netherlands and stuff like that but yeah it's not as french french as you might imagine interesting i went to morzine i don't know a number of years ago on a learning french and learning skiing holiday with the the language school there I know they do that yeah yeah Yeah, and I think it is the only holiday in my life where I really did need a holiday after it I was absolutely exhausted (laughs) yeah that's Um, a whammy like mega brain tax and physical tax yeah well done but brilliant and then again going out in the evening and they encouraged you to wear this badge that said I'm learning French <laughs> so <laughs> when you went into the restaurants they would speak to you in French but it was actually a really a lot of fun but yeah a pretty exhausting holiday um, so 
Not speaking of holidays, but maybe speaking of travel and everything. The last email I had from you before we set this up was that you were off to do a week of facilitator training on an outdoor trail in the Spanish desert. I mean, that just sounds so like, wow, what did it entail? Yeah, gosh, where to begin? It was great. I got to be a student again after this lockdown COVID period where I wasn't around people and that sense of learning, not just from whoever's teaching you, because I've done lots of online learning, but this was like a proper immersive experience with, with others. And what it was is a program led by a company called Trailhaven. They are a leadership and corporate training and development company that generally like takes their clients outdoors. So on the trail to do their leadership and team development work, which is great because that's what I do. (laughs) It was just really nice to be the student of what I do. Again, I've been running retreats now since 2019 with obvious hiatuses, but to be able to be a student on the trail and experience somebody else teaching and showing us what it means to be outdoors and doing personal and leadership development work was great. It was really a train the trainer program. So everyone who was on this course was a coach, facilitator, business consultant, which was super, very much like felt like I was with my tribe, which was nice. All these coaches and facilitators are interested in doing this type of work on this course, right? Doing their coaching, their leadership, their team development work in the best classroom in the world, right? outside classroom. But the idea was, I think, to take these coaches and facilitators really as far as they could go, like to to kind of really push us in terms of our comfort zones so that we get to experience our own edge outdoors and what it feels like to be uncomfortable and stretch our own developmental edge. That definitely happened. That definitely worked. We were in the Spanish desert in Doñana National Park between Seville and Faro in Portugal. It's really protected and there's not a whole lot around. It really is wild protected desert. And so you go into this like super arid desert environment with nothing much for one week. We have a few online modules. And then in March, we go into an Arctic climate in Norway. So we get these two extreme weather environments to do our in-person training. We got deliberately set up in lots of different scenarios where the darker side of competition crept up and we had to push against that and learn maybe when we weren't being our very best selves. We also got to just learn from each other and honestly... For anyone who's listening, who's a coach and facilitator, remind yourself what it means to spend a week or a series of days with those kinds of folks. You're going to get your insights turned inside out. You know, every conversation was intense, was meaningful, was digging at who we are and what makes us tick and what our big challenges are and what our edges are and what feels uncomfortable. So it was yeah, challenging, beautiful, rewarding, all sorts. I could go on a lot, but yeah, I don't know if you want a taste of some of the specific types of things we did. It might be interesting. I think Um, it might be. I mean, I've got a vision at the moment of something big brother-ish as well. (laughs) 
I mean, actually, it's like not far from it, but like in a really nice, like let's let's just change the the, the kind of participant <laughs> demographic to an environment which was super holding, super supportive, super loving. There wasn't a lot of soap opera dynamics, but there was definitely a lot of like, bear your soul and let's help each other out. So we were stripped of our phones, our watches, any kind of technology on day one that had us know where we were, what time it was, who we might be connected to. And that was such a blessing and felt so freeing. I very quickly learned how amazing it is to be completely without that, which was glorious, really. And we had compasses. We had some basic supplies with us. We were staying on a kind of campsite place for most of it. We had several outings every single day. And we had one quest experience night where we were on our own with a hammock in the middle of the desert. Wow. Um, So yeah, a quest experience. We were given a few orienteering challenges. So we had an aerial photograph and different locations on it about where we had to get to. And We were divided into teams, given points and so on. This was our first full day having this point competition orienteering challenge. And we just had a compass. And in fact, to make things really extra spicy, we were woken up in the morning, given a blindfold, put in a van, (laughs) which was like, sounds like proper hostage style stuff, right? And then we were driven to this location and we had to get out of the van and to hold each other's shoulders and walk a little ways and take our blindfolds off. And then they introduced the challenge, right? Which was about finding our way with this little orienteering map and our compasses. And so we were like on edge, right? Like it was an interesting setup. What transpired was just that little competitive thing that lives inside all of us when it is beckoned like it comes out right and and it was interesting because we're in this group of coaches whose job it is to care and facilitate with others individually and as groups and really great space holders and I think we all did a reasonable job of that But we also witnessed this part of ourselves taking center stage, which was there's a competitive element to this. Like we want to win. We want to do this. And it was just super interesting because in the debrief, I think we all had this insight moment like, oh my gosh, my leadership changes when competition is put front and center, even with the best intentions and the best group possible with the wrong kind of setup and planting the seeds in people's minds in a particular way. It just means that there are things that get fired up in people that are not necessarily the best in terms of teamwork and support and ensuring that everybody is there together and nobody's left behind. So that was certainly a kind of hard first day awakening I felt that particularly I know other people did as well it sounds almost like if you could take you out of the context and put you into a workplace that is what is bred in workplaces often when you can understand how it happens because people are being pitched against each other and our best selves 
don't come out because the ego is determined to, well, that's one of the things I think anyway, the ego is quite determined and there's a survival thing as well. And I guess more so when you're in the desert. Yeah, yeah, totally. It was just a really good reminder around setup and signals and how dividing people and putting them into competition and allotting points and value and rewards all means our brains just kind of get wired for that and get into the game. And part of that is good and allows us to strive and move forward and try to be on our best. And part of that can be really toxic and it can just really mean that we're not working together really well. We're not supporting the entire team. We move through the task with some blinkers on and we don't have our full set of perspectives that we want. So that was like day one, right? <laughs> Just very briefly, other things that we got to do, things like a solo trek with hammocks into the desert where we were doing a fasting quest experience just on our own where we just had water, our journals, what we needed to go to sleep. And that was really beautiful. I felt so peaceful and so calm. Like I was sort of swayed to bed in this beautiful hammock and watch the stars come out. And I was just like, actually, everything is perfect. This is so lovely. I feel so held and I had a beautiful, beautiful night's sleep. So that was really rewarding and lovely. Other things, you know, fire making and playing in the water. We worked with all the elements. We did some really cool constellation stuff. I don't know if you or your audience knows about constellation work. That was incredibly powerful. I think this was probably on about day four. So we had a good sense of who we were in the group and the facilitators lined us all up in birth order or something. And then everybody had to step forward one by one. And the whole group was arranging themselves in a constellation around this person in terms of how close they felt and how they related to them in some, some particular way, whether that was in a familial way, in a friend way, in a supportive way, at a distance. But it was very powerful. It got me really curious about exploring constellation work in the context of teams in particular. Yeah, so lots of learning, lots of like weird and interesting experiences. Super cool to be in the desert because I'm like a mountain girl and the desert is just a very different environment for me. So nice to be in a different place and a great group of people to be with through that experience and learn from, learn with. And what extra element is brought in by being outside, Caitlin? Mm. What is not? <laughs> to go outside for this work is to recognize our place, to contextualize ourselves in the bigger picture, to feel our own nature, to feel actually that we are just as much nature as everything else that's around us, to feel our own personal connection to nature, what happens to our bodies, what happens to our minds when we are in that environment. And yeah, there's so much research that shows that 
our stress levels drop, anxiety goes down, creativity goes up, our health goes up, our immune systems are better. Like there's a million things that are going on when we step outside that make us as embodied natural creatures better, more in our element, more fully who we are, right? And yet for many people, we also notice our uncomfort and our challenge and what scares us in being outside. That can be really interesting. Because there's an element of being exposed, (laughs) essentially. There's exposure to nature, but also nowhere to hide. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's a great leveler as well to bring a classroom outside we are all just somehow on the same level experiencing this thing experiencing our place in this classroom and in this life and in this environment there's nothing quite like bringing a team out and discovering that it's not the ceo who has the best and bravest and strongest and most informed view outside but it's actually this junior person who has loved and lived their life outdoors for a really long time. And it just changes the dynamics a lot. And it does bring forward something quite raw in all of us. Yeah. I think there are so many other pieces to it as well. One of the great things I think is nature is a great metaphor for us. We get into this sort of semi-subconscious space. Our brain's aren't operating at the same level that they are when we're on our computer and we're in that really sort of busy, normal environment. All of a sudden, we're bringing parts of ourselves online that we don't necessarily do in our normal day-to-day work. Nature is this incredible mirror for what's going on inside, right? We move into this sort of semi-unconscious state when we're in nature. So many people will say, I need to go for a walk or I need to go and clear my head to right my wrongs or sort things out or whatever. And and that there's a reason for that, right? Like we are able to tap into something deeper when we go outside. And when you bring that classroom and that coaching and that leadership development work, team development work into that environment, we're able to recruit some of this stuff that sits under the surface, some of the stuff that's a bit more in our subconscious, a bit more in our intuition, like what we feel about the relationships or the dynamics or the real challenges. And we don't necessarily bring those to the business context in the day-to-day when we're really in the doing mode, when we're really in the operations mode. But when you go outdoors and you allow people to get into that different head and body place, then all of a sudden, mm, I can bring up these things that are more at an intuitive level, more at a level of, I feel that this is wrong. I sense that this could be better. I sense this person has something to tell, to teach, to bring forward, and they're not doing it yet. But there's all of that stuff that can bubble up outdoors better than in a stale boardroom kind of classroom. I've spent well over a decade in normal business consulting environments, you know, training and facilitating workshops and doing various things like that. But that stayed hotel room kind of boring classroom or even worse kind of client boardroom environment 
it's just not the right place to get into a sensing and a feeling and an intuitive place. And for businesses who want that, who want people to bring that part of themselves, which is incredibly powerful for the business and for the people to feel empowered and present and excited about why they're there we've got to be taking people into environments that that bring that side of us out yeah it all makes so much sense but then the argument let's say could be well what are holidays for yeah I mean holidays are for our personal time to do that right which is great let's all go on holiday and go into amazing natural environments so we can restore ourselves in our personal lives which is super the problem is we also spend what like 80 percent of our waking hours working and working with others and we want more from work now we don't want to just show up and be operational and tick through a task and and kind of do all the doing bits we actually want our work to feel meaningful and fulfilling and like we are contributing with a bit of heart and soul, right? With a bit of this is who I am and what I really want to bring to my work and what I want to bring to this business. And people have reasons to show up to their work now that are really different from why we showed up to work, whatever, 20 years ago or 30 years ago. Um, And the younger generation today, like their number one thing is about finding purpose at work, finding a sense that they're contributing. They'd rather take pay cuts and less old-fashioned esteemed jobs to have work that is meaningful absolutely and I suppose we are disconnected from nature we are there's absolutely no doubt about it and so many of us live in cities and in built-up areas I even remember I lived in Manchester years ago and there's nothing green in that city at all like there's barely a tree if anyone in Manchester is listening I'm really sorry I suppose how do we shift some sort of balance or how do we make people aware or how do we bring into work that getting out of work together is work and is a way of not only connecting with nature, but of actually connecting with ourselves and with others in, as you're saying, they are much more profound and deep meaningful way that actually might be the meaningful connection to the work totally I think it works on a few different levels right on the one hand we're all busy 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 we've got a million things we could do and why take the time to do this it seems crazy but on the other hand for most businesses and and many individuals I talk to, many coaching clients I talk to, you're thinking, if I go through my list of to-dos or I go through my calendar that's now like rainbow-colored chock-a-block from this point to this point with meetings, are we really focusing on the right things? Are we really paying attention to bringing out the best in our people and doing the best things for our business and staying strategic and building relationships and empowering and teaching and enabling and leveraging correctly. Like these things are essential building blocks of an effective 
efficient business. And the truth is they're complex. We are complex. We need a bit of time to properly consider those types of dynamics that are super important to business when we actually slow down in order to be effective, in order to assess our priorities, in order to have some of these more deep and meaningful conversations about our people, our systems, how we're learning and developing and coaching and mentoring our strategic priorities, where our business is in the world. There's so many different things that we should actually be slowing down to properly give attention to rather than just flying through it, right? Like if everything is a 30 minute Zoom call or an item on a to-do list that just needs to get done, I really don't think we're working effectively. I don't think we're paying attention to stuff that needs and deserves proper time and thought. And somehow I think we've really done some pretty serious damage to move into this back-to-back Zoom meeting world post-COVID because people aren't spending that time with others, properly thinking, going out for meals, allowing some of this to breathe and and come out and to be bounced around. Stuff is super important. I mean, that's just like one facet, right? Mm -hmm. Another thing I think a lot about right now is, is just that the way we're working has changed so much so quickly. And people are working from home in isolation a lot. For many people, that's been a huge bonus and super convenient. And I really think it's been an asset to many individuals and to some businesses. But we are disconnected. We are not being with teams and with others who we have connections with. We are coming into conflict in our teams and our organizations in ways that are different from before because we are not seeing people. And there really is a lot that happens in body language and in showing up in front of a human rather than on a screen. And we can't read it even on video. On video, we actually find it super taxing. Our brains are kind of trying to do all the mirror neuron stuff, do all the reading the stuff, but we are getting just a fraction of what's going on and we're jumping to conclusions too quickly. And so certain kinds of conflict are escalating right now. Disconnection is escalating right now. People feel lonely, not heard, not valued, less creative because they don't have people to bounce things off of. There's all sorts of things that are happening because of the way we are working, which is largely online and remote, that is to the detriment of us as individuals and teams and businesses. And we can't go back, right? There's no going back, but there is, okay, what now? (laughs) And how do we, how do we cultivate connection and meaningful work and creative work among our people. And personally, because I'm doing the work I'm doing in running team retreats and also open retreats, I see people coming together and just 
because they're in a different environment, because they're able to show up as more themselves, more full versions of themselves, more adventurous selves, excited to get out into the world in a different way. Like they can do really fabulous things together in a short amount of time. They can really bond as a team in a short amount of time. They can share experiences that last a huge amount of time. The coming together for more meaningful offsites in comparison to the weekly pub night might be the norm that we should try to aim for going forward. Absolutely. And I mean, there's so much that was coming up there. <laughs> Hopefully I remember some of it to, to dig in a little bit. I suppose that there's a sense of belonging, isn't there, in a way that's that's largely absent, especially if you're new to an organization or you change team or you get promoted, that you you don't form the bonds. I mean, that connection that you're talking about. But also what was coming up was we are moving forward because obviously we're always moving forward, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're making progress. And if anything, we may actually be going backwards in how humanity needs to develop because we're not going to be together, not sharing like that. And everything that we have in this world has been through people coming together and building it. All the technologies, everything we develop. So it's interesting to think maybe in 30 years time, we'll be looking back at this period going, whoa, that was one step back for humanity. Mind you, you could say probably a lot more with some of the things that are happening in the world. But I suppose the question I have, Caitlin, is do I need to go to a desert in Spain or the mountains in Switzerland or France to do this? No, absolutely not. No, I think there are so many ways we can get creative around connecting outdoors. Firstly, like we can speak to each other on the phone instead of Zoom and we can all go outside for a walk. And we the can phone? What's a phone? phone? We've forgotten what phones are. Like we can put ourselves into motion. We can immerse ourselves in that great environment that brings up clearer thought, more creative thought, etc. that relaxes our bodies, that allows us to bring some of this stuff online. So 100%. That's a really simple, simple thing to do. Look at your diary and think, all right, how many of these multicolored Zoom calls can I actually take as a phone call? And I can put my running shoes on and go to my local park and have a stroll while doing this or just sit in front of a beautiful spot and take my calls there. That would make a huge difference just to begin with. And beyond that, we can also have our meetings in parks. We can go for walk and talk one-to-ones. We can do all sorts of small little things. And we do really need to break it down into thinking about, okay, what can I do every day? What can I do every week? What can I do every month? And what should we do as a business, as a team once a year? And I think about these rhythms of our outdoor connection. So every working day, I can be outside for one of my calls and I make that a priority because most of my clients know after we've done five sessions together, that's how we're going to roll. Like we're going to do our stuff on the phone. We're both going to be in a beautiful environment and we're both going to take advantage of that. Every 
week or every month, I can run a retreat. I could be doing something with a team. If I were a leader of an organization in a park, in an interesting environment, we could just be a little bit more creative and inspired about where we go and what we do. We can go for a picnic if we're in a nice climate or the summertime. And every year, well, if you are an organization that does an offsite every year, make it a good one. Make it like (laughs) in an inspiring location that brings people out of their day-to-day, that brings people out of the monotony of the operations and the to-do list and gets them into an environment where they can bring more of themselves, get more of that intuition and feeling and sensing self online. And where as a team together, you can be more creative, more productive, more clear and more challenged and inspired, right? I think there's an opportunity right now to be a bit more ambitious about how we structure our work lives. And it doesn't have to be the rainbow colored Zoom meeting schedule from dawn until dusk that way too many of us have in our diaries. But in fact, it can look like every day I'm getting outside Every week, I am doing something interesting with another person outside. Every couple of months, we're we're getting together as a team in an interesting way. And those would make pretty dramatic changes, I think, in, in organizations. And that's probably it as well, isn't it, Caitlin? You use the phrase to be more ambitious about how we structure. And I was thinking, well, even a bit more inquisitive or curious. Curious. You know, if if we tried this, like what's the worst that could happen? Okay, we get wet or something. And even that will bring insight. But actually, let's just try something and see what happens. And we, it just, it's, It feels like we're apathetic towards making that kind of change often, I think, that it just doesn't even come into the ballpark. It's not something that's considered. Somebody will bring it up. Maybe somebody listening to us talking and saying, wow, I want to implement this at work. And then they go into the office and they're laughed out of the room because everybody else is feeling uncomfortable and exposed or laid bare at the thought of going outside. So how could that person who would really like to do it what would be maybe the sentence that would unlock other people's minds to go oh okay let's try it yeah I mean start basic do the call as a walk in the park what do people have to lose I mean really it's not a big ask right like come on people and as you said I love the reframe. Ambitious isn't the right word. Curious is, I think, let's be curious. Let's be adventurous. Let's do something different because we can. We need these kinds of things in our lives to to stay excited, to stay fresh, to stay motivated, to keep our concentration going throughout the day. There are a million reasons why we should get out and talk with people while actually in motion outdoors. And you don't have to make it complicated. There's some cultures where it's going to be easier and other cultures where it's going to be more difficult. But 
if you're in one of those environments where it's more difficult, then just keep it super simple. Go to the person that you think first who will go outside and take your meeting outside. Have your one-to-ones outside. I do a leadership development facilitation with another colleague and we send people out. We do one day on Zoom and we get them to go out and phone their buddy because they're doing a project during this course. So they they have to go outside. They have to leave their Zoom cameras on so we know that they've gone outside. And oh, my God, the looks we got when we suggested it. But everybody comes back with a new perspective and they've actually got so much work done in that five minutes outside because there's no distraction either. Yeah. Energized, excited refreshed renewed all of those things right and it's almost coming full circle to where we were because you said at the beginning when you're out in the desert that intuition kicks in and I think in a way we all know it's good for us there's no doubt about it like you've been saying as well we go out to clear our head whatever just have a walk yet it drops down the priority list it really does and Yeah, it's so simple to implement. And maybe that's the other reason that we shy away from it or ignore it, because we think it's that easy. It couldn't be the difference that makes the difference. Uh Yeah, yeah, I I love a simple solution. Come on, guys, (laughs) like keep it simple. It's free. Go outside. (laughs) I mean, end of. There are so many reasons to do it. it's so funny. We love to complicate things. Our human brains are like, well, surely we should be paying for this meeting room and this site and this thing. If only we could be doing some sort of weird technical thing as part of our team bonding experience, then we'll be doing the right thing. But no, let's get back to basics and think about who we are and how we're built and how we're wired together and how we're wired to the world around us and what makes us feel good and what makes us shine. And I often say this is like people can't see us because I don't put out the video, but Caitlin is like completely shining. So you can really see the shine and she comes to life as she's explaining things to me. And Caitlin, when you talk about being in a boardroom or being in a boring room, your whole demeanor shifted. It was so interesting to see how you know in every fiber of your being that this is such a better way to learn and to grow and to be effective as a team. And if people would like to know more about how they can do that with you, how can they connect with you? Sure. Yeah, my company is called Great Heights Pathways. I am a coach and I also run retreats for teams and companies. And also we run seasonal open retreats, which are open to anyone who's at a point of transition in their lives and wants to properly take some time to take stock and reflect and find their right next steps. And we do all of those out here in the French Alps with a a wonderful set of collaborators of mine, Alley Cats Chalets, and got some really awesome people who work with us on yoga and qigong energy medicine all sorts of fun stuff 
So yeah, if you're keen on doing your coaching or your leadership development work or your team development work in a different way that brings you into the world, that brings you into nature and into deeper connection with yourself and others, then please have a look. Yeah, I'd be really keen to hear from your audience. And thank you so much, Susan, for giving me the opportunity. You're absolutely welcome. I can't believe we've run out of time. But the thing I wanted to say, actually, is you do have a huge corporate background as well, Caitlin. We haven't really brought that in and we don't have time to go into it now, but maybe just a very brief overview of where you've come from so people know you're not like making this up. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I'll give you like the whistle stop tour of who I am. Canadian originally grew up in the middle of nowhere on a farm with horses on like a massive expansive kind of national park place. So feel really, really connected to nature from my childhood. It's in my bones. Yeah. Fast forward through my adult life and the more CV style stuff. I spent years working in academia around innovation, really trying to understand what makes teams and what makes people in science and technology and humanities come together and create new things. I took that into the business and innovation worlds and spent over a decade consulting in and around London, but also all around the world. And then, yeah, I realized the big red thread of all of my work was about who we are and what makes us tick and what it means to be fulfilled and live and work in a meaningful and connected way. And to me, it felt like I couldn't actually do my best work of, of my life until I got out of the boardroom got out of the business environment and more into what I knew from my childhood. So yeah, it is one of those full circle things. I was like, gosh, if my big thing is about how we are fulfilled and how we get meaning and connection in our work and our lives, being connected to nature and knowing our place on this planet has to be an important part of that. And now that really sits quite central in, in what I do across everything, whether it's coaching or retreats or consulting and team stuff. So yeah. Brilliant. Thank you, Caitlin. And I could definitely talk to you for a lot longer. So you will have to come back and we can explore some of this in a bit more detail because it's such a fascinating topic. And Thank you so much, though, for your time today and especially for all that really fascinating stuff about your time in Spain as well. That was really quite a treat. Thanks. I mean, I just know how to chat. <laughs> I'm like, I think we talked a lot about the course. But anyway, it was it was a real pleasure, Susan. And yeah, wishing you a really lovely rest of your day and hope to see you in the mountains sometime. Wouldn't it be fun if we took this onto a trail oh um, now there's an idea for a podcast recording <laughs> exactly exactly next time it's the walk and talk edition all right fantastic all right thank you Caitlin thank you so much for listening I hope you've enjoyed the paths we traversed on today's episode if something rang through for you be sure to let me know 
Or maybe you can share this with someone in your life who would benefit from listening too. And if you enjoy helping others, I'd be so grateful if you would leave a review so that people who might also be curious about their own life beyond the numbers can discover this podcast too.